You're listening to the One Small Bite Podcast with me, your host, David Roscoe. For over a decade, I have built a successful nutrition practice helping thousands of people thrive, nourish their life, and break the cycle of crazy diets. We will take one small bite at a time to transform your health and develop a positive relationship to food. So let's chop the diet mentality, fuel your body, and nourish your soul. Okay, are you ready? Let's do this. That's right, we're going to do it today. Hey folks, welcome to the One Small Bite Podcast. I'm your host, David Orozco, a certified intuitive eating, registered dietitian nutritionist. Hey, and my practice is Orozco Nutrition. Come check us out, OrozcoNutrition.com. We are doing 15, 20-minute free discovery calls. Come sign up and check out whether or not we'll be a right fit for you. But today, I'm excited, folks, because in this episode, you know what I'm going to talk to you about? Cooking skills. Oh, my gosh. If you're one of those that's intimidated by the kitchen, doesn't know what to do with those knives or those pots, or you might not even have them, and what to buy, well, here today, I'm going to bring a special guest, Reed Garcia. I like this guy a lot. This guy is just super smart. He is an electrical engineer turned entrepreneur and he has started a online course called Kickstart Your Kitchen. Listen in because he's got some great tips on what you can do in the kitchen to get you started. So we talk a lot about knife skills. We talk a lot about some success stories, some challenges for people taking his course and what they've learned by being a little bit more adventurous in the kitchen. Look, I know, I get it. You look at a can of beans and you think to yourself, what do I do with this? Do I eat it out of the can? Do I cook them? Aren't they already cooked? Or uh, how do I cook vegetables? How do I make them taste even interesting? By the way, he's got a good tip for that. And it's so funny because I do the exact same thing. So you got to stay to the end because he's going to tell us where you can get the link for Kickstart Your Kitchen course. I'm so excited for you. And just a few more things. I want to apologize again. The audio on my part wasn't great. I didn't have my mic hooked up. I recorded all of these in one day. So Hopefully this and maybe one more is it. Uh, also, listen to the end. I've got some great announcements about my book coming up because it is going to be launched in March and I'm looking for a launch team. So listen in. I've got some great stuff, but for now, let's get started with the interview. Hey, Reed. How's it going, my friend? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on, David. Yeah, I'm really excited. Thanks for being on the One Small Bite podcast. I'm really excited because this is a very, very interesting topic, one that a lot of clients always ask about, and that is, of course, cooking skills. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as you and I have talked about off mic, there's a little more to it than just simply it getting started, is. right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it certainly is. It's like one of those things where you start to do something in your kitchen and you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. This is a little bit more than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, you start doing one thing and you're like, wait, how do I do this? And then you're like, oh, wait, where'd I put that? And there's a lot that can go into it. And fortunately for your listeners, that's exactly our specialty. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. So speaking of which, 
Reed, if you don't mind, let's give them a little bit of your background. Why don't you tell the listeners where you're from, what you do, and what's your business about? Yeah, sure. So my name is Reed Garcia, and I founded a company called Helpful for Life. And I founded that a few years ago after I quit my electrical engineering job um, to to start this company. And it's a little bit of a jump. Some people would say, like, wait, you're you're educating people about life skills? Like, what does it have to do with engineering? How'd you get there? And you know, I'll I'll give the short version on that, uh, which is I found myself as I was going through, especially in my early twenties, um, trying to figure out these things about life myself. Right, credit cards, taxes, cooking, uh, finding an apartment, moving across the the country, finding a job. All of these types of things are stuff that I was doing research on, trying to figure out the quote unquote best way to do things, traps to avoid, things like that. And then also just my friends and family, I found them asking me all sorts of questions like, hey, or, I, or and sometimes they wouldn't ask the question, but I'd notice I'd be like, wait a second, is that is that a debit card you're using? You're, you're like 29 years old. Do you have a credit card? And they're like, no, why do I need a credit card? And I'm like, huh, well, no one ever told you clearly, but credit is important. Here's why and blah, blah, blah. And so after I had that kind of conversation with a handful of different friends and family, and also after seeing some mistakes and, 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 you know, unfortunate situations that some of my friends and family went into, I was like, Hey, there's gotta be a better way. Uh, you know, classic <laughs> infomercial type of thing. And as I started to look into it myself, I'm like, you know what? No one's really doing this, at least doing it well. And so that's why we started uh, Helpful for Life. Our tagline is, it's the best education you never got. So it's a supplement to you know the typical education you get from your school, your high school, maybe if you go to college, things like that. But we teach you practical life skills that tell you what you need to know before you need to know them, right? And and we recognize that that's a whole bunch of things. So today we're talking about cooking, but we also talk about finances, purposeful living, relationships, and so much more. So if people want to learn a little bit more, then go to helpfulforlife.com. But there's a, a quick little intro for you. Yeah, I appreciate it, that, Reed. I think that's really beneficial. I, I want to also give people a little bit of background as well. You and I met through an entrepreneur, online entrepreneurs group or community called SPI Pro, and you were also on a fellow podcaster, uh, Dr. Laura Jagget. Yes, Laura Dr. Jagged. Laura Jagget. Yeah. She has a podcast uh, called How to Life. Yeah, that's actually what I was going to say. I, uh, but there are a lot of overlaps and similarities with Dr. Jarrett's podcast and, and the stuff that you do. And I, I was really intrigued by that podcast interview. And I thought, hey, I got to have Reed on our show to talk about the kickstart cooking fundamentals that you talk about, which is just really, really good. I think that it's really important to note something. You're not a chef. You're not a uh, trained cook you're not an, a restaurant owner or anything, but I, I have to ask you cook, right? Yeah, yeah, I would hope so. You know, <laughs> yes, I'm glad you pointed that out. I am not the expert. I'm not the person who's been in the field for 40 years and things like that, but actually, uh, that's where my engineering background comes into handy is because I started out in electrical engineering and I worked on things like missiles and satellites and these really complex systems that have thousands, actually millions of parts sometimes and trying to figure out how they work and asking why. And, and also that whole time while I was doing that, looking at the, the people aspect of things and like, wait, why does the business run this way? And why do we do things that way? That's how my brain works. And I like to take these problems and break them down into all of the small pieces. So that's 
exactly what I've done with Kickstart Your Kitchen, um, which you can find at kickstartyourkitchen.com. Um, and that is also what I've done with the company Helpful for Life. So the the reason why I'm qualified to teach about this cooking stuff is because one, it's been a huge part of my life um, since I was a little kid. You know, my mom taught me to cook and I had me helping her out, you know, when I was as young as like four or five. And I've never stopped since then. And our household, we always had on the cooking channel. And uh, my mom is a classic Southern belle. She's all about that Southern hospitality and ha has hosted more parties and tailgates than uh, most people host in 20 of their lives. So she's been an amazing influence influence and inspiration for me. Um, and I just kind of took that and carried it on. And, and then I started to get into the science aspect of things, which I know you're very familiar with how important it is to know about some of the data and science behind the thing. So that's another aspect that I brought when I was creating Kickstart Your Kitchen. And one last thing was to point out the value in me not being someone who's been steeped in the restaurant or the chef culture is I'm closer to you, the regular listener, right? And so I know the questions to ask and the things to be like, wait, why are you doing it? that way because the reality is is a lot of even chefs and professionals and people who even teach this for a living they actually teach them things wrong um and the reason that is is because one things have changed over time uh, and two uh new science has come out um and then also sometimes these people just learned wrong too right and that that's just the reality of people being people so with kickstart your kitchen we we did our best to research this as well as possible and go to the original source as many times as possible um to make sure we're not propagating myths in the kitchen um so for example one one popular thing is hey if you want to know when your steak is done you poke it with your finger and if you if you use your hand you can poke it to see oh here this is well done this is medium rare and yeah that's an okay trick that can kind of help you get around that but the reality is it's not that accurate and so that's one of the things we say is use Pick a that thermometer. thermometer absolutely i agree with you reed stick a thermometer in the meat i do when you and i people can't see this because we're on zoom but we have our cameras on we're touching our thumbs with our each one of our fingers index middle finger ring finger and pinky and the idea the concept was if you touch the meat of your thumb when your thumb is touching one of those fingers that will tell you the doneness of the meat so your index finger would be raw your middle finger will be medium your uh, ring finger will be medium well and then the pinky would be uh, well but when we do that, uh, you don't realize <laughs> that meat doesn't really work that way that well. So, and meat's in different shapes and sizes. You might have different thicknesses of meat and you might have different cuts of the meat that cook differently. So it's very interesting that you bring that up, which that's really, really important. That's one of the practical points that we may not even realize. And I love that you brought in the, wait, I have to have a credit card. Why do I need a credit card for? You know, uh, if you're trained as a chef, um, one of the things that they may be trained to do is how to prepare all of these things in advance, which is one of the reasons why when you go to a restaurant, the meal that would take you 30, 40 minutes to make at home, they could make in under 10 minutes because they've right. got all of these prep, thing, prep things set up. But when you go to your house and you're cook, cooking that steak at home for yourself, you don't realize, oh, okay, there's, I got to put that, that, that thermometer in there or, oh, wait, I've got to use this kind of oil or this kind of cooking. So let me, let me jump, let me go ahead and jumpstart or let me jump right into the, uh, the program that you offer. 
you have uh, a program and you uh, mentioned it a little while ago. You mentioned the Kickstart Your Kitchen. Can you talk a little bit about that? What is that and um, what, uh, how, how you've seen it work for clients? Yeah, absolutely. So Kickstart Your Kitchen is our, our first uh, online course here with Helpful for Life because as I was sitting there thinking like, okay, what are these life skills? Where do I want to start? And I was like, you know what? I love cooking. I have cooked for a, a long time, like I mentioned. Uh, and also cooking and eating is something that everybody needs to do, right? And so it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, guy, girl, non-binary, it doesn't matter. You need to eat to live. So I seemed like that was a good spot to start. And then uh, another thing mentioning the credit cards. The next place we went was a credit card guide called Swipe Right, which you can find on our website, helpfulforlife.com slash resources. If the finances and credit cards is something that uh, appeals to you. Uh, but when we're talking about Kickstart Your Kitchen, uh, as I started to put together the course, you know, I started out with a rough outline and then I was like, well, you know, if I'm going to talk about that, then I need to talk about that. And then I should probably talk about that other thing too. Right. And so uh, we ended up having four major milestones within Kickstart Your Kitchen because we realized that cooking is about a lot more than just cooking itself. So the four milestones we have are prep your setup, plan and shop, cook your food, and clean up and storage. And we could go into any one of those more if you'd like, but the main point is, is like, hey, before you even start cooking, there's some things you need to do to get ready, right? And that involves buying the right gear, uh, even if it's just very minimal to start out. Uh, it involves doing the meal planning and coming at it from that nutrition aspect, you know, which you're very familiar with. And then it's about tips about going to the grocery store. Hey, we actually have a layout that shows you here's how grocery stores are typically laid out. Uh, and here's how you can navigate them to find the things that you want um, without it taking too much time, without you spending too much money, things like that. Um, and we give even a whole overview of the different types of grocery stores there are and why you might want to go to one over a different. And of course, I know everyone here in America loves to hear. We talk about ways to save money and, yeah. <laughs> and how to properly compare one product to another product and make sure you're comparing uh, apples to apples, you know, can forgive the, uh, the, the comparison there. And then there's the cook your food part, which is the part where people would probably expect to see in a cooking course, which is things like knife skills. Um, but also one of the big differences about kickstart your kitchen compared to the way a lot of other people tend to learn is we're very focused on techniques and methodology. And like I mentioned, kind of the science behind things. So we're not just teaching you a recipe. We're not just teaching you, Hey, here's this chicken dinner that you can make. No, we're saying, here's what you need to know about chicken. Here's some of the nutritional information about it, how you might want to use it, what it looks like as it's cooking at different temperatures, things like that. Here's some different things you can apply it to. And oh, by the way, yes, here's one recipe where we're cooking ch chicken with you. So you can use this exact thing, but now you can go cook chicken all these other different ways um, and understand what those differences might be. Um, and then we end up the course with our fourth milestone, clean up and storage, because guess what? Cleaning up is one of the main reasons why a lot of people don't cook. And so we talk about how you can do uh, that correctly and what are some tips to make it easier for yourself. And we even get into some things that some people would consider boring, but maybe never learn in their entire life, which is, hey, if I have a granite countertop, what is the right way for me to clean it? Are there things I should and shouldn't use? Maybe I have wood floors, you know, and we talk about some of those type of details. So that's the, the thing about Kickstart Your Kitchen is you buy it once and you have it for life. And so it's a material that you can keep referencing time and time again, uh, and it's going to revolutionize your cooking game. You know, 
and it could be as little as a weekend. If you want to binge it like a like Netflix show, you can, um, or you can do it over time. Okay. And uh, what's the cost for the course? Yeah. What's the cost? Well, I will mention, you know, I'll tell you what the cost is right now. Of course, it may change. That's the thing about entrepreneurship and businesses. It's always about seeing how things change. But as of right now, you can buy the course for $99 one time. Um, so a hundred bucks. Um, or if that's like a little not kind of prohibitive for you, uh, you're like, man, that's a lot of money. I can't do that. We have another option where people can pay $10 a month for a year. So that would be a total of $120. So a little bit more, but by being $10 a month, you can bet your bottom dollar that we're going to save you at least $10 a month. Because once you learn how to cook, you're going to be able to save so much money on your groceries. You're going to be able to eat out less. You're going to be able to reuse your leftovers. And oh, by the way, if you hear leftovers and you're like, ooh, gross, I don't want to do it. Well, that's because you're doing leftovers wrong, which is something else that we talk about in the course as well. Oh, I mean, I love leftovers and I love making something different out of leftovers. I'll make for example, salmon one night. And then the next day I'll make a salmon burger or a salmon sandwich for either lunch, or I'll take that salmon and I'll reconstitute it into like a farro dish. I'll put some oh, yeah. farro. So I think that leftovers are phenomenal. It also reminds me of uh, chop episodes. I don't know if you used to see chop on uh, the food channel. And I remember when they would give them baskets of all leftover foods or reconstitute foods and they're like okay you've got to make something out of this leftover pasta or you got to make something out of this uh leftover lasagna or something like that and uh i love it because my wife and i tend to challenge ourselves what can we make out of nothing when we are you know our groceries um dive down a little bit towards the end of the week. Talk to me a little bit about what you see as some of the successes that you've heard from people that have taken your course. Yeah, absolutely. Real first, real quick, I wanted to mention first that, you know, this course is made for people of all skill levels. You could have literally never cooked anything. You know, I have a friend who they burned Easy Mac, you know, and it's like, that's a microwave dish with the directions and they still managed to burn it. So even if that's you, this course is for you. But even if you've been cooking for decades, like I mentioned before, it doesn't matter if you're an expert, there's a lot of things that you probably learned incorrectly. And also just approach of doing the methods and uh, the techniques and the frameworks, it's really gonna revolutionize how you, your cooking game is. And so so we have four levels of cooking with our um, course um, that to help kind of, hey, which one of these do you identify most with? And it starts out as confused. The next one up is okay. The next one up is confident. And then the last one is boss. So we want to get everyone to be feeling like a boss in the kitchen. Um, so, you know, talking about success after having done Kickstart Your Kitchen or just for anyone who's looking to learn and, and cook a little bit more, you know, one of my feelings of success and the thing that I like the most about cooking is being able to go into the kitchen, look in the pantry, look in the fridge and see what we have. Some of it may be leftovers. Some of it may be staples, which we help you stock up the staples so you can always be able to make a meal and it be somewhat healthy. And that's one of my favorite ways to go into the kitchen. No recipe, no nothing to see what we have. And it's like, oh, maybe I have that leftover salmon, but I also have, you know, that Indian dish over there. And oh, you know what? Uh, I live in Texas and I love Tex-Mex. So we always have some tortillas around. It sounds like a burrito's in the making and you get this fusion all of a 
sudden. And so that's one of my favorite things to do. But if I want to talk about um, success, I couldn't not talk about, you know, one of our clients. Uh, and I want to uh, mention that, you know, I know you're, you're not about weight gain, but I'm going to mention a couple things in there, um, or weight loss rather, um, because I can't not mention that with this story. So this is a, a, a guy who he has had multiple knee surgeries. And because of that, he became much more sedentary, wasn't able to do the active things he used to used to do basketball, volleyball, all these types of things. Uh, and then after those surgeries, he became much more sedentary and, and, and started to come a lot more unhealthy and wasn't able to prepare good food and things like that. So once he started to learn a lot more about these techniques and these methods, and he, you know, much like I'm sure a lot of your clients used to focus so much on that weight number and used to track it and look at it and weight himself every day. But one of the transformations that we've had with him is now he still measures himself. He still takes that weight measurement, but he's not looking at it every day. It just goes to his chart. And every now and then he goes and looks at it and he's looking at the trends instead of focusing so much on, oh, what's the number? What What's the thing? He recognizes that weight is just one aspect of healthiness, right? And he sees like, okay, here's how the trends are going. Is it trending down? Is it going up? Uh, is it stabilizing? And he looks at it every now and then. So it's not a focus for him. However, that's just one aspect. The other thing is now he's cooking more and now he's actually been able to become more active. And he's kind of had a huge psychological shift that goes with that as well. Uh, he's started to walk more. He picked up a couple hobbies that help him become more active. So he's uh, actually gotten into photography and disc golf and those have led to him getting around and getting more creative. And it's like, man, you start to see like you start off with food, uh, but if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which to reference like a psychological thing at the bottom of that is things for survival, which is food. And if you're not in a good state with food and you're not eating well and feeling well, it's harder to do those things that go further up the pyramid, like, you know, having uh, good relationships with others, uh, achieving things in your, your work and your life and things like that. Um, so when it comes to success, that was one story that really came to my mind because now uh, this person will send me pictures all the time. Be like, Hey, look what we're making today. Or, Oh, I actually ended up buying this cookbook for my wife because now we cook together in the oven or not in the oven, in the kitchen. Uh, and <laughs> it's like, this is great. Now this is something they do and, and they do it for entertainment purposes as well. And Oh, by the way, one Sunday he sent me, he's like, Hey, look at all these things we prepped for the entire week. Now we've got meals for the entire week. So that's just a couple of things that, uh, for me showed like, wow, the power of this. And Oh, by the way, you know, saving money on takeout and all that type of stuff and eating healthy the whole time along. That's great. Wow. I mean, talk about inspirational story. I love hearing that. Yeah, you're right. For me, it is not about his weight loss. It was about hearing about how he's moving by cooking because cooking requires you to be up and moving around. I have mentioned to clients in the past how in our modern day society, we have so many modern conveniences that we've significantly reduced the amount of labor and effort it takes to do things. But cooking is one of those things that to me is very cathartic. I, I, I know for most people, they think of it and like, oh, are you crazy? I don't want to cook. But I love hearing that he's cooking with his wife. And that's very romantic. I, a side story there that really inspired me was when I first met my wife for Valentine's Day, I made her a red snapper, red beet salad for Valentine's Day. And she got really, really sick. And <laughs> but it was very romantic. And, you know, that that really 
was something that reminded me when you when you were talking about your story of your client. So I'll have to say, gosh, 99 bucks for everything that you're going to get. I mean, you, you got a bargain here. This is a great course. I, I would say this is definitely something that people could build. I love the idea of what you said. You can build up on your skills from going to confused to okay, to confident, to boss. I will tell you that my wife would say, we, I, I don't want David to be the boss. She, <laughs> she will say he's not the boss of me. She will, we will uh, joke from time to time saying you're my sous chef. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No. And that I really appreciate that, that little story you gave us. And it helped me think of a couple of other things. Uh, One, we talk about food safety in the course. Uh, So for those of you who are like, Hey, how do you get sick when you're cooking? We talk about the things you can do and how to do that safely. Um, And then also, Hey, there's some things like, for example, with pork, people have been overcooking pork for years uh, because they actually now you can go to a much slower temperature to get a nice juicy pork and so this is just a couple other tidbits in there and yeah the value of the course that's why i said we we reserve the right to you know change that price yeah. but that's what it is for now because one of the things that's really important helpful for life is being accessible to people of all walks of life and we don't want the reason for someone to not change their life to not learn the skill of cooking um, to be because they can't afford it so even if we do change the price we will always be keeping that in our mind of how we uh, make it accessible to people of all walks of life and i also yeah. want to point out one last thing sorry david was right. uh you, you might have noticed here i already mentioned psychology and we're talking about food and we talked about money like this is one of the benefits of learning through helpful for life is we're not just teaching you on the one subject. So as you're learning about the kitchen, you're going to pick up a little bit of things about finance. You're going to pick up, Oh, maybe this is some of the reasons why I do these things. And this is maybe why I uh, think this way and why I eat this way. Uh, And Oh, by the way, one of my favorite things I can't mention, I haven't, let me try that again. One (laughs) of the ways that I want to make sure that your people here is Improving the dining experience is a a big section in our course because it's not just about what you eat. It's also about how you eat it and whether it's for your wife, whether it's for a significant other, maybe it's for a new prospect, a date, or maybe it's just for yourself or for friends and family, whoever it's for. By cooking and and plating it in a certain way and setting the ambiance, you'll find that people will enjoy your, the experience and and change their relationship with food a little bit. And actually, I had someone tell me just the other day is like, it's always fun when we come to eat over here. And like <laughs> that was like one of the best best uh, compliments I could receive. And yeah. that's one of the things I love the most about cooking. And it's different for everyone, but I really enjoy seeing the look on other people's faces as they're trying some of the delicious stuff. And it's really not that hard to make something that's good and will impress people. Yeah, you touched on a lot of great points there. I think that the enjoyment of food is really where, where a lot of diet culture steals from us. I think that it's lost. It's uh, gone. I hear people tell me all the time, David, but I love food. And I, I kind of, uh, I, I get a little concerned for them because every time I hear someone say, I love food and, I, and I, you can hear the struggle, like I can't love food and try to be healthy. And I don't think those two are uh, separated. I think that you can totally be in a healthy body, you could also live healthy along with loving food and enjoying food. So yeah, you bring up a really good point. I love the four milestones, pre uh, prep and setup and plan and shop and cooking, cooking the food. 
and cleanup and storage, you know, those, those are really, really important parts. And you're right. I can see how a variety of those points will pick up on other things that you do with helpful for life, because yeah, I mean, if you're going to plan and you're going to shop, you got to think about your budget. You got to think about food safety. You got to think about how long food's going to last. Are you going to spoil food? And this is one of the biggest challenges for people. A lot of clients that I work with, one of their biggest challenges is getting more fruit, getting more vegetables, getting foods that they don't typically get on a regular basis. And one of the biggest complaints is, oh gosh, but it just spoils so fast. I don't know how to cook. And I often will tell people, I don't know that ver- that many fruits that you have to cook. And I don't know that many vegetables that you always have to cook in order to eat. And people think, oh yeah, that's right. A lot of times you can cook a meal and you don't have to cook the veggies at all. You could just put them on the side. You could do a deconstructed salad. You could do a salad and making a sandwich while it's not literally cooking. It is cooking process. It's a planning or a preparation of a meal. So uh, I love everything that you're talking about here. All right. Um, What have been some of the challenges that you've seen with people taking your course? Yeah. Uh, the challenges I bet will probably resonate a little bit with some of the challenges your clients have had. Um, you know, it's kind of similar, probably anytime someone's trying to make an improvement in their life. Um, you know, one of the first things that people struggle with is taking that first step. Right. And for a lot of people that might just be, uh, buying the course and starting to actually do some of the things. Right. And, uh, one of the phrases I say a lot is separate the do from the think. And so right now you guys are listening to this Hopefully you're thinking a little bit about how this might change your life and maybe you'll go check it out and read about it. And maybe you'll even watch a couple of the free videos and you'll see like, okay, I'm learning a little bit. I'm thinking right now, but if you never apply that, if you never do anything with it, then what's the point, right? And so I want to make sure that everyone who is learning something is applying it, even if it's in something as simple as like you were talking about making a sandwich and you know, that milestone is called cook your food, uh, but it doesn't always mean that there has to be quote unquote uh, cooking done, right? And when it, we say cooking, that actually is talking about applying heat. And we talk about all the various ways you can apply heat from, you know, braising to boiling, to steaming, to roasting. And I'll point out that one of my favorite ways to cook vegetables is roasting, which is here's the whole, here's how you do it. Here's the thing, cut it up, put some oil on it, some salt and pepper, maybe some other spices. If you want stick in the oven, wait till it gets brown. That's pretty much as simple as it can be. And Oh, by the way, if you're looking for an easy way to get started, you can make a one pan meal with that. And maybe you add in a protein could be some salmon, um, or chicken. Oh, actually within our course, we have a salmon one pan meal. So that's something you guys want to get. We've got an easy way for you to get started right there. So we're talking about challenges though, you know, that first step is one part. And then the next part is continuing to do it. And some of that, we actually are working on the back end of ways that we can make our, our users, our clients more successful. And one of the things that we, one of the hypotheses we've had, which uh, we're, we're working on this year is going to what's called a cohort based model. And so kickstart your kitchen is great. There's a ton of stuff in there. There's a lot of value. And sometimes to some people that can be a little overwhelming, like, oh, there's so much, you know, I, I, it's, ah, I don't know what to do. And so what we've decided to do is, Hey, let's treat kickstart your kitchen kind of as a reference material, almost as a textbook, if you will. And then we're going to teach some cohorts on top of that. So upcoming here, uh, in January, uh, in, I don't know exactly when this will be aired, but, uh, within the next few weeks and January of 2021, 
no, 2022 New Year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're doing a cohort. The name might change a little bit, but it's along the lines of how to cook to impress a date. Learn how to cook to impress a date. And yeah. so the, the style of that is once a week, we'll have a live instruction period where you and everyone else who's taking this course at the same time will come and hear that live instruction. And then you guys can ask questions and you can learn from each other and you can say, oh, here's what I did. Why, what did it go wrong? And you can see, oh, that person burned it. Why did they burn it? So you can learn from the mistakes other people people are making as well. And so by doing this cohort model, much like, you know, it's easier to go to the gym. If you have a gym buddy or a gym group that you're going to, to help you with that accountability, uh, that's one way we're doing it is through those cohorts. So, you know, that first step and the continuing to do it, those are kind of the biggest challenges and we're doing our part to try and make it easier for you guys. But also at the end of the day, you're not going to improve. You're not going to get better unless you do some work. And that's one big thing. After I tell people what helpful for life is like, a lot of people laugh and say, Oh, no, there I'm going to go. I'm outsource my parents to you. And I'm like, no, no, you still need to do stuff because at Helpful for Life, our goal is to help you do the things that make you successful. And what that looks like for you as an individual is different than what it might look like for David than might it might look like for Reed. And we recognize that. So we're going to give you all of the information that you need, but then you're the one who has to apply it and you're the one who has to choose and you're the one who has to do the work. I love that you're talking about that because I just recently finished writing my book and it's going to be published at the end of February. Awesome. And I have this concept in the book called the four C's. One is curiosity, other one's compassion, but the last two are the do, commit and consistency. You got to keep doing it. Look, if you burn something, it doesn't mean you don't know how to cook. That means you burn something. That means you relearn it or try to lower the heat or when you cook eggs you don't have to heat leave the pan on high heat you can turn down the the heat you know you can cook your eggs on a lower heat so on and so forth right there's a lot of things that you could do i remember i was helping a client one time and they said well david i thought i knew how to cook before i burnt the cereal which uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> he meant i don't know how to cook worth a darn right right and i said to him look it doesn't matter if you burn something in the past or you don't know how to cook you know how to read you yep. can take a recipe and you can try it and if it doesn't work it's okay oh david well you know i cut my fingers when i use those knives I'm like okay so you know maybe there's a simple technique that you can use called the claw and maybe sharpen those knives so you can make sure that you don't cut yourself. Sharp knives avoids cutting. And, and so I love that you're bringing up that concept, separate the do from the think. A lot of people feel like they've got to get motivated to cook something. And no, not really. Sometimes it's just do it, right? Sometimes yeah. it's just a matter of get it in the kitchen. And you know what? If you don't do it right, it's okay. In fact, a lot of great recipes have come out of big major mistakes too. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I want to say, you know, as people are getting started, here's some, some free tips for you guys. Like you can look up any recipe you want online and the beauty, you know, one of the phrases I really like to say is cooking is an experiment that you get to eat the results. And oh, by the way, most of the time you're cooking, you're going to have results anywhere from 15 minutes to an hour. Sometimes it's a couple hours, depending on what you're cooking. But even if you mess it up, most of the time it's still edible and it's still a lot of times better than what you'd go get if you went down to your local fast food joint or something like that. So, and also worst case, 
you got to throw out a little something every now and then it's not a big deal. You learn from it and you do it next time. And as long as you go in with the right expectations, which again is another big thing we teach about and helpful for life is set those right expectations. So recognize, Hey, I'm going to mess some things up. Hey, at some point I'm going to cut myself. What do I do? How do I minimize the chance of these happening? But also uh, recognize I'm going to make mistakes. How do I minimize the, uh, the outcomes of those mistakes? Right. And so that's a big thing about shifting your mindset towards that. And yeah, just get started. And one of the best ways when you're working with the recipe is, uh, read through the entire thing beforehand and do a little bit of setup before there's a concept called mise en place, which we teach about in our course. It's a French way of saying everything in its place. And so that's where you say, Oh, I recognize I'm going to need a cup of brown sugar. So I go ahead and measure that out and put it in a bowl. You know, if you've ever watched people on YouTube or TV, do some cooking, a lot of times you'll see, they, they have these small little ramekins, these small bowls, and they just say, dump this in or dump that in. And it looks so fancy. It looks cool, which is another side effect. If you're cooking in front of people, you can be like, ah, oh, yes. And you can even do a little salt bay thing. If you I've heard of that where you sprinkle the salt off your elbow, the elbow. You have fun with it, right? You get, you make a little show of it, but by doing that mise en place, by doing the thinking and preparing up front, you set yourself up for success. And, you know, I actually have another person who I've worked with where they take a, a little uh, piece of paper and they, they are tape and they go tape, say, I, I need a cup of this a cup of that. And, you know, that's a little more than I personally want to do, but it works for them. And by doing that prep work, when they're in the cooking process, they never have to ask, oh, where's my knife? Or, oh, let me go run and get that spatula. Well, that's probably why your fish burned. If you had your spatula ready, you could have flipped it right away. So there's just a couple of little tips for people at home. Yeah, man. Let, let's, let's, go, let's go a little bit further with that, man. I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot because I think this could be really good. All right. I'm going to be the, the, the listener here or thinking, yeah, you know, Reed, that's great. But, you know, I live alone and I don't have a whole lot of stuff in my kitchen to cook with. Man, I don't know what to cook for dinner. Uh, I mean, I have a toaster oven and a microwave and maybe a pot to boil an egg or something. And that's right. it. How do I cook a dinner with that? What do you yeah. tell them? Oh, man. First off, I want to let you guys know you are in 2022 or sometime after that. This is a great time to do pretty much anything or learn pretty much anything. You could probably type that phrase into Google. How do I cook food with a microwave? How do I cook food with a toaster oven or good foods for this or good foods for that? You can find infinite number of lists and ideas on this. And the reality is, is just pick one of them and get started. Right. So when I, I hear toaster oven, by the way, if you're going to buy one appliance, I would buy that. I don't know before a microwave because I use a microwave a good bit, but definitely second to a microwave. One of those having a microwave and a toaster oven, you can cook the vast majority of anything because a toaster oven, it can do simple things like toast food, but it's also a great way to do things like reheat your leftovers, like uh, pizza, or you're making that sandwich, take it to the next level, make it a hot sandwich. Then it's a lot more like one you'd get at the sub shop. Um, so realistically, it doesn't, there's so many ways to get started. Now I'm going to uh, take your, your question and, and shift it a little bit because we had a, a listener who sent a tweet and it was like, Hey, I'm really anxious about getting started in the kitchen. I want to cook. I recognize this is a good thing, but I don't know how, I don't know what to take as that first step. And that's a question that we answered on our morning show. What the hell is water? Uh, which we actually had you on uh, Yeah, that was good. today as we're recording January 7th. Uh, yeah, so it was great looking at it. Yeah. 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 Definitely check it, take a look and uh, we'll give you guys a link for that. Um, but on that morning show on a different episode, we answered this person's question. So we'll include a link to that as well but I'll give a couple of uh, tidbits right here. And one of those is 
doing that prep work and the thinking up front. And as we talked about with the mise-en-place, um, also, you know, grabbing the ingredients and buying the ingredients and then doing a little bit of meal planning and saying, okay, Hey, I'm going to buy this chicken. And I'm thinking more than just the one meal is another little trick. Like, Hey, I'm going to buy this chicken and I'm going to cook all this chicken. It could be in my toaster oven. Some of it I'm going to use for sandwiches. Some of it I'm going to use for the salad I'm making. Some of it I might put into this stew that I'm making. It really doesn't take much for you, much effort for you to do a little bit of planning up front. And then you can cook one time and get a whole bunch of different meals out of that. And so that's, that's another little, uh, way to think about it. And then, uh, again, if you want to hear kind of a, a more elaborate answer, go check out that clip where we answer that question. All right. I love that. I think that's brilliant. And I have to agree with you. The probably to me, the most essential piece of equipment in a kitchen is a toaster oven easily said, I mean, I could make an entire meal just putting something in that oven. Yeah. Really. And that's the thing too. I, you know, I mentioned leftovers. I can't stress that enough. There's uh, I actually know somebody personally who they never ate leftovers. They never took them from the restaurant when they went and, and when they were done at home with, with whatever they're eating, they threw away the rest. And I was like, what are you doing? Because oh. leftovers are like the best way to like, Hey, no I can eat good food. I can eat yeah. home cooked meals more than one time. If I'm going to do some work, you know, being an engineer, I'm all about being, some people would call it lazy. I call it efficient, <laughs> which is if I'm going to do some work, I want to maximize all the things I can get from that work. Um, and so a toaster oven revamping your leftovers. Oh man. You know, like I said, pizza is completely different if you do it in there versus if you just do it in the, in the microwave, yeah. there's some things, anything that you think is going to be soggy. Oh, I couldn't tell you how many French fries I I've had that are so much better actually the second yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. Versus uh, so microwave oven is great. Yeah. 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 Um, I've got a lot more questions. I need to keep it short though. I have uh, another question for you. This one's one that always comes up and I kind of alluded to it a little while ago. Yeah. I know that you have knife skills in the course, but what would be one tip that you can give people about knives or having knives to start off, maybe someone who's not really good. And then give me one tip that someone who's advanced, I'm putting you a little bit on the spot here, but yeah. you know, maybe one for the beginner and one for the expert. What would you say is a good knife tip that you would give people? Yeah. So the first thing for knives, and again, we actually have a whole section on this with, I don't know, five to 10 videos, uh, including how to sharpen it. You mentioned that earlier. Um, so the first tip is just get one knife. Get one good and get a chef knife. Uh, a chef knife is a fancy way of saying it's a blade that's about nine, maybe between eight and 12 inches long. Um, and oh, by the way, we have, um, when we can include a link of this for you, David, uh, for your listeners, we have a list of all the gear that people should get. Um, and we have it broken into levels where it's like, hey, here's like the core essentials, like if I'm just getting started. Uh, and then we have, oh, this would be like, if you, you'd like to have it, it's kind of nice to have, but you don't need it. And then we have the kind of, hey, if you're wanting to splurge and you really want to get something. So we have those levels so people can progress as they decide to do some more cooking. Um, but back to the knife yeah, skill tip. Great. Yeah. The, the first thing is to get a good chef knife, which again, we have a recommendation for that. And also 
stabilize your cutting board. You can use a cheap cutting board, but that's another one where I would recommend spend a little bit more to get a cutting board. And I have one cutting board we got for like two, $3, something like that from Walmart. And now it's warped so much that it's kind of curved and you can actually take it and put it on the counter and spin it around like a little break dancer. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, if you have a cutting board like that, then it's okay. You know, you can still use it. One of the tricks is to take a paper towel or or a regular towel, get it a little bit damp and put it between the cutting board and the counter. Uh, And so what that does, it allows a little extra friction, a little extra grip. So instead of spinning, it doesn't move around as you're cutting because that's where when you're cutting stuff, the, the main way to avoid cutting yourself is one, pay attention. You, you know, you may think that sounds silly, but the, that's what happens when you stop paying attention. Maybe you're talking to somebody else, especially if you don't do this all the time, like pay attention and look what you're doing and go slow. You see people on, on YouTube, you see the, the chefs and like, that is not how you do it. Those people do that because they've been doing it for decades. Right. So it doesn't matter if it takes you five minutes to cut up one thing. It doesn't matter. You're not cutting up 50 of them. It's okay. It's not worth saving those up a couple minutes. And remember, if you do cut off a finger, you got nine more. So why <laughs> don't worry too much, right? Uh, no, just right. I'm joking with that one. Um, so those are uh, the tips for kind of the beginner. Get, pick one knife. Don't think about doing all the various knives and stabilize your cutting board. And if you're going for a more advanced user, that's where I would say get into get into sharpening a little bit mm-hmm. and start. Uh, and regardless of if you're a beginner or a brand new person, start with the sharp knife or or start sharpening a knife, and then you maintain that edge by honing it. There's mm-hmm. two separate things. There's what's called honing, and there's what's called sharpening. And sharpening actually removes some metal from the knife because what you want is basically like a triangle point. And if you look at it at a microscopic level, it gets really really narrow, and so that's from sharpening and removing metal. And then what can happen as you're using the knife is that tip will start to bend over it, and it kind of looks like a, I don't know, a banana, t- the stem, it kind of curves over a little bit. And so honing actually helps maintain that to be straight, which allows you to have a sharper knife longer. So mm-hmm. if you're a beginner, definitely don't need to worry about starting to sharpen yourself, but you can buy a knife sharp or you can take your knife to someone and get it sharpened. Again, just a quick Google search, someone to sharpen my knife, right? Or you can go ask your butcher like, Hey, I need to get this knife sharpened or just go to the butcher at the grocery store and they can help you out. And sometimes they'll even sharpen it for you if you ask them nicely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and so, yeah, so that's the next tip is to, to, to start sharpening some knives yourself and, and make sure you're honing them. That's a really, really good point. And I, I will add one other thing. I, I don't know how you feel about this, but I don't uh, put my knives in the dishwasher. I hand wash them. Yeah, that's a that is a thing. You know, if you want to make sure that they're super sharp and uh, you make sure they don't get dull, that is uh, one definite way to do that. Uh, that being said, there are a lot of uh, advice about what to put and not put in the dishwasher, which yeah. surprise is in the course. Uh, but one of those choices that we tell people is like, Hey, just because people tell you to not put this in the dishwasher, it's up to you. Like, Hey, that may make your knife not work quite as well. Uh, but maybe it's worth it for you. And you do that. And maybe you have to sharpen your knife more often, or maybe you have to replace your knife more often, but it's worth that cost for you. So you don't have to clean it every time. And that's okay. If that's the decision you make. And, you know, kind of like you and I were talking about on the show, we recognize that there's not always one concrete blanket advice that works for everybody. Uh, and so that's another good one. And the, uh, the, another advanced knife thing that I just thought of, which would be a fun one to do is, uh, when you're cutting up your vegetables or something like that, try and cut it into very precise geometric shapes. Maybe it's a cube, maybe it's what's called a matchstick. Um, and you, you make it into this very 
precise shapes where they're all the same and they look very nice and clean. And if you ever go to a fine dining restaurant, this is one of the things they do. And so uh, you can put it on top of something. So say you make a soup. Well, let's say it's a potato soup. Well, what you do is you then take one potato and you cut it into these all tiny little cubes that you then roast, for example. And then you put maybe a dollop of uh, sour cream on top of that soup. And then you put those nice, pretty cubes on top. It's like a one small thing, but it makes a huge difference in that presentation value. So there's a little fun advanced tip for you. Well, and just to uh, really piggyback on that, if you learn how to cook as you cook over time, when you start learning how to cook, when you cut certain vegetables a certain way, uh, just as an example, they all will cook more uniformly versus- Yeah, so yeah to, to rephrase that a little, the things will cook differently if they're different sizes. Right. So that is one of, as you're working on your knife skills, you know, if you, it's okay if they're not all pretty, right? But if they're right. roughly the same size, they'll cook at roughly the same rate. Right, Which, by right. the way, you know, for some people is really important. And for some people, you know, there's a term that I like to use called heterogeneity. Uh, and that's where it's like, hey, for Brussels sprouts are a great example. I like Brussels sprouts that are roasted. And some of them, the leaves will fall off and it'll be real crispy and got a little bit of blackness to it. And I actually really like that. But sometimes I also like having kind of the, the meatier ones that aren't quite as well done. And so it's a softer, but it, you appreciate a little bit more of the flavor of the Brussels sprout itself versus just the roastiness. So I like having that heterogeneity. So sometimes it's really important to have it all be the same size. And sometimes it doesn't matter that much. And as we yeah. said earlier, it's yeah. all an experiment. So try it, it out and see what you like. It is. Good point. Good point. Hey, Reed, thanks, man. I really appreciate you bringing in some great knowledge. I can ask you a whole bunch of questions, but you know what? They should go and get your course. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I wanted to make sure to mention that uh, we actually have a special code that they can use if they oh, would like. Oh, yeah. To I was about to give, ask you. Uh, yeah, because, you know, hopefully, as your listeners know, that. David and Roscoe Nutrition has been providing value to you guys uh, so much through this podcast. And of course, if you're a client in additional ways as well. So if you guys click the link that we'll provide to you, it will have the code Orozco in it. So R-O-R, well, let me say that again. O-R-O-Z-C-O. So if you use that code on our website, it will actually give a good chunk of that purchase right back to David and his team because we love what you guys are doing. We want to work together to have this nice symbiotic relationship where we can help each other. You can help us beef up some of our nutrition stuff. We can help some of you, your clients and your audience uh, learn a little bit about cooking. So make sure you guys use that code um, and click, and you can do that just by clicking on the link um, from David. One, one last thing I wanted to add here was, you know, if, if you're listening to this, you're like, well, what is one way that I can start today before I go and listen to all these other things and go watch all this amazing content that we know read and helpful for life creates, uh, cause we're totally going to do that is to <laughs> just cook something easy. You know, David mentioned a sandwich. Another one I really like are eggs because guess what? You mess up an egg. It's like, I don't know, five cents to 25 cents for each one. So even if you literally have to throw it away or feed it to your dog or, uh, whatnot, put it in your compost pile, it's okay because you can just do another one. And that's a good way to build up some confidence and learn a little bit about managing heat and all the various ways to cook eggs and things like that. Uh, or you could do a one pan meal, like I mentioned, but pick, pick one thing and just go try and do it. And another technique is to have a single dish. So like say something simple, like spaghetti and a meat sauce and start out with just all jarred pre-made ingredients. Go buy the box of spaghetti, buy a jar of sauce, buy a pound of ground beef that you brown, and it can be the cheap stuff in the tube. It doesn't have to be special. But then over time, maybe the next time you make that, you change and improve one part of it. 
Oh, so maybe you uh, start to slice in a little bit of fresh garlic into the sauce. Oh, maybe you add a couple spices of your own. Oh, maybe you actually then later use canned tomatoes and start to make a sauce of your own or you add some sauteed onions. Oh, or maybe you use a fresh pasta that you buy from the store. Then maybe eventually you actually make the pasta yourself from scratch. And maybe then you get the fancier meat. And maybe you add in, uh, instead of just beef, I'm going to add in some some pork as well. Uh, so you just start to kind of tweak it and and shift it a little bit. And next thing you know, you end up with a signature disc of, dish of your own um, that your friends are going to be wanting to come and have all the time. So there's a couple of ways for you guys to get started today and then continue to improve on it. Because cooking is a skill you're going to have for the rest of your life. So why not get started today? I appreciate you doing that, Reed. That's one of the things that I was going to do is, man, one one simple takeaway that you can leave our listeners, and that's just brilliant, which I don't know if you realize that is the exact approach that I have with one small bite. It is taking one small thing and keep at it. Consistency, consistency, do it, do it, do it. And then over time, you'll start seeing that you'll get better and you start changing and you add more and you get better at it and things become more automatic. And so then you're changing an old habit for a new habit that's going to provide you with a lifelong approach to eating foods that are much more in line with what your body is going to need and what you want. So Reed, man, I appreciate that. That was brilliant and spot on. Hey man, I appreciate uh, one more time. Where can people find you? Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to learn more about the course, you'll go to kickstartyourkitchen.com. And again, make sure you get that code from David and we'll provide a direct link for that. Then if you want to learn more about the company as a whole, it's helpfulforlife.com. Um, and you can also find our morning show, which is one of the main things we're working on right now called What the Hell is Water? Uh, you can find that on all sorts of platforms, but YouTube is a great one to look there for that. Awesome. And I'll have all of those links on the show notes as well. And I want to let people know, Reed and I are going to be working together to bring you some other great topics as well as some great resources. So stay tuned, watch our websites because we've got more coming up. I'm really excited to partner up with Reed in the future. So Reed, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for being on and uh, we'll talk soon. Oh, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. As soon as I listened to the first one of these podcasts, I was hooked. Uh, and so I'm glad to be a guest and it's an honor. I appreciate it. Great information there. And we have the link right in our show notes, just on your player. Go ahead, click on the link so you can get that course before the price goes up and pay attention. Listen in soon because Reed and I are going to do a little more collaboration in the future. So we've got more things coming for you. Okay. I want to switch gears here and just let you know I'm really excited because my book is about ready to get published. It's coming out early March. I'm really excited. Go to our website, orozconutrition.com. Go to the link book and you'll see a launch team sign up. You'll see the covers. I'm doing a little poll to see which cover is going to win and keep an eye out for me on Instagram. I'm going to have some behind the scenes because let me tell you, this book has been a labor of love. So I'd love to hear your feedback. So if you get a chance, hit me up with some stars and drop me a review in Apple Podcasts. Let me tell you, those really, really help. If you want to support the hard work that it takes to put together these episodes, that would really go far because you know what? You're getting some free content here and I would appreciate some love back. That would be great and helpful. So help me out. 
go to the podcast and uh, rate and review on Apple Podcasts. That would be great. And if you haven't already, remember to subscribe to the show so these episodes get downloaded to your device automatically every Wednesday when they air. All right. And if you know somebody who would benefit from this, share it along. That can be really beneficial for someone who needs those cooking skills. And lastly, stay tuned for the episodes coming up. Got some great ones for you. I've got the author of The Tough Standard, Dr. Ronald Levant. And I also have a great episode on bariatric surgery. You got to tune into that. We're also going to have episodes on specific nutrients, carbohydrates, proteins, fat, and fiber. So listen in. I can't wait to be bringing you those episodes. So look out for some great stuff, great content coming in. All right, folks, remember, chop that diet mentality, fuel your body, and nourish your soul. Until next time, see ya. Oh, yeah.